0: Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, episode fifty-eight. That's 58. Ocho
1: E50O in the <laughs> That's exactly correct. Use Google that Translate is... for that one.
0: I did not use Google Translate. I used my own brain. Motherfucker. Ooh.
1: Your brain's better than Google Translate then.
0: Yeah. We're gonna have a little bit of a unique episode today because we are recording this two days after our previous one. <laughs> so there's not a lot that's happened news wise, but we've made some uh, some other additions in there. We have our barf. For Metro 2033. Uh, we'll talk about that. We have uh, an email, an interrogative. We have our E3 far-off general Vagish predictions. And um, I'll tell you just a brief... No, I, I probably won't go too much detail into God of War today. But!
1: No, I want to hear about it's gonna it. It's
0: going to be a fun discussion. It's going to be good. It's going to be... Fucking good. Oh, sorry. Hey, we're a kick-ass Reverend gaming podcast. Uh, we used to be split-screen gaming podcast. Now we're better. So my name now is Chad Michaelinis. That guy on the other side of the microphone is...
1: I forgot. Can you remind me? What
0: if we shared a microphone? What if, like, every time we talked, I was literally just, like, mo- like newscast style? Like, interviewer? Like, what do you think really, on this?
1: You're really good with voices, too. and just, You're just holding it back to yourself, and it's just you the whole time? Yeah. That's how it works. And then I'm we holding overlap, the overlap, it's just that monk throat singing. I just my in name. Notes at once. My name is Holden DePardo. I just remembered.
0: Ah, uh, Holden DePardo. Holden DeFardo. Holden, De Holden of farts
1: in Espanol. That's... It actually is the correct translation.
0: Let's start that off this Google episode with not your voice, and instead start it with <laughs> our weekly <laughs> forum. All right. So our weekly forum, where we go through kind of our community outreach and our um, <laughs> community outreach. Community, is the community outreach makes me think the like of like House <laughs> Habitat for Humanity.
1: Yeah. Oh man. All those poor rusty fire listeners. <laughs> Happy to put up with us every week.
0: <laughs> right up front, I wanted to read out an email we got from KGB Spider, which I am suspicious is Spooter Scooter uh on Twitter.
1: It might might be. He says it might be.
0: KGB Spider writes or he's into What is Putin? He could be Putin. Res- or out. But god damn it, it's a day. Another day, another tired podcast. It's going to be real profesh. <laughs> Hey guys, new idea. Okay, so maybe you haven't heard of Warframe lately. If you haven't, then it's a currently booming game that's free. But don't let that scare you off. I've been playing it for about two years now, on and off, and enjoy it a lot. It may have a free-to-play title, and yes, there are microtransactions, but for good reason. There's a lot of background for the game, and the cool way of how it was made... I was wanting you, you guys to maybe have this be the game of the month next month. I would love that. As a disclaimer, at the beginning of the game, there's not much of a story. But once you get to the second Dream Quest, you will be amazed. It was good enough to make me cry. Peace, guys. So, KGB Spider, um, I have not played Warframe. I, I know that it, it was really big when PS4 launched because it was one of the very few games that was on it. It was a launch mm-hmm. title, and it was free. I didn't understand that it was like a game you could play with a story.
1: I also know that I knew about it recently, not recently, but quite semi-recently with uh, the Game Awards. There's oh, yeah. a lot of stuff at the Game Awards for Warframe. I don't. Oh content. yeah, they had all these
0: like fan made trailers and things like that.
1: Yeah, actually, there was a lot of Warframe at the Game Awards. Like they'd have like a game, then some more something about Warframe, and they go back to like more awards in a game than Warframe. They'd go back to it quite often.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look into that because I didn't. I thought it was like a. I've obviously never played it, but I thought it was like a multiplayer online it competitive is. thing and I didn't realize I it had like a was story com- mode to it.
1: I don't think it's competitive but I think it's like a correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's like a Destiny kind of thing where it's like an online shooter kind of. I don't know. With, with, with friends. Here's our with, like, answer. A story We've already got a
0: game picked for May but we will look into it and possibly yes. make it a barf in the future. Thank you for writing in KGB Spider. Uh, next up I actually just wanted to chat real quick about controllers. Have you ever ever thought about customizing your own controller? Like what really got me into this recently is a, well, a couple of things. One, sexy atomic purple Joy Cons. Yeah, I've seen all those people out there They're who really are like nice. they give you the shells and all you got to do is take apart the controller and put it's it really into easy shells. too. And I was always intimidated by it. I mean, it's like thirty five bucks, but I was like, oh, you have to like undo some cables and ribbons and things like that on the inside. I was like, no, no way, I'll ever do that. It's but once upon a time, about a month ago, my roommate, Jesse, decides to open up a Dr. Pepper in the living room. And then when it starts to go everywhere, she – I assume – I wasn't there for it, but I assume based on the amount of coverage of Dr. Pepper in the living room, she waved it about her head up in the <laughs> air, shook it all over the living room, smashed it between her hands, and then poured it all over the coffee table. And then afterwards – we had sticky stuff all over our goddamn living room for the longest time. Sticky stuff, but also all over my game controllers. So my joy, not my Joy Cons, my uh, pro controller on Wii. None of the buttons. Wii? What is what is the name of that? The Switch. Goddamn it! Told oh, you today, Chad. Oh, my pro Chad. controller. None of the buttons. A, B, X, and Y. They were all like pushing into mashed potatoes. Really sticky mashed potatoes. Oh, I hate
1: that. It, I found sometimes you repetitively push into them. It'll eventually, like, unstick and it's fine. I've had that with, like, keyboards and a computer. Yeah. Maybe that'll work. Sometimes
0: it's fine for, like, a little bit. But here's what I ended up having to do. I took apart the controller. Whoa. And the Pro Controller, yeah. I've become a controller mechanic as of
1: late. <laughs> um, but you won't make a Joy-Con, though.
0: Well, that's what I'm considering. Because I took apart the Pro Controller, which apparently is the easiest controller. Mm-hmm. And I, I stripped a screw... So I had to drill into the screw, break it, and then peel it off, and then go buy another screw at Home Depot. But it wasn't too bad. I took all the face buttons off, and they were covered in sticky caramel. I had to clean them all with rubbing alcohol. But then the O or the circle button on my PS4 DualShock was doing the same thing, and I finally had to take that one off. That one's a little more. They had to undo the ribbon cables, and I was like, you know what, though, this isn't too bad. So I'm thinking. I'm considering maybe now that I have this experience and I am a expert controller mechanic, I think I might go atomic purple Joy-Cons.
1: So I've thought about Atomic Purple Joy-Cons, but the one I really want, more than anything, is that fantastic purple GameCube color. Yeah. That the is solid like one. the the solid one, yeah. Atomic is the is the transparent, which is right. really cool looking. But I want that like Game Boy Advanced GameCube purple. I, don't, I think it was like Midnight Purple or something like that. It's so nice looking. It's so nostalgic for me. Yeah. Like that's the most nostalgic Nintendo color for me, period.
0: What do you think the and chances are of us actually getting more of these like designs and things like that from Nintendo?
1: I think they'd be fools to not make some nostalgic colors. I think
0: so, too. I'm, see, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that I'm going to spend 35 bucks. I might possibly fuck up a pair of Joy-Cons. And then at E3, they're like, by the way, here are well, a bunch of new
1: colors. I'm fortunate in the sense that I have the gray Joy-Cons that I never use. Those are my only Joy-Cons, so my... the Grey gray. Yeah, ones. I, have, I have the neon blue ones, which I use as my primary. So I could mess with my gray ones if they get ruined. Great, I'm still not using them, just like before. Yep. So it wouldn't bother me too much. But yeah, I think Nintendo needs to make their own. Like, what would you rather buy, neon yellow or the color of the Game Boy you had as a kid? I
0: don't know. I have seen the neon yellow and Dane Switch, and it looks pretty sweet.
1: But is it as sweet as your Game Boy that you used as a kid?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen it from Nintendo. No. I haven't seen it in real life. It could be hideous.
1: We has it in real life. You had your Game Boy when you were a kid. It's the same thing. I, I haven't seen the Joy Cons in real life. <laughs> Fine. Oh, I so, don't know. I'm considering. So it. you're talking about like, you so you're talking about like custom made controllers that on your own part, not like Xbox does it for you kind of thing, right? You're not you're not saying like I want Nintendo to make a Joy Con where I can customize every aspect to it, right?
0: I want Nintendo yeah. to just make Atomic Purple
1: that would be I'd, I'd welcome that but still i i i've seen videos on how you make those joy cons it or i should say reskin them it's not terrible yeah like if you've done minor repairs on computers before it's no problem it's cakewalk but if you've never like opened up a computer before that's where i guess it'd be a little wonky but what would you rather mess up a really expensive piece of electronics or a joy con
0: well, it is a really expensive piece of
1: electronics.
0: Well, I mean, like, really
1: like <laughs> your laptop or something like that. Is what I mean. Like that You're to right. me, that's like a really expensive. You're right.
0: So I don't know. I'm I think I'm, I think what I'm probably gonna do. I'll wait till E3. If nothing gets announced at E3, I'll let you know how my atomic purple transplant goes.
1: And worst case scenario, you don't play your Switch anyway. So <laughs> that's right. we well, Look at Bayonetta
0: 2 and Donkey Kong's coming out next month. Shut up. That's Let's true. Let's get into yeah. it. Not next uh, month. Like a few weeks. we have a subscriber interrogative.
1: Do we have a subscriber interrogative? Interrogative. Kind
0: of made up by me from something inspired by Spooter Scooter. Um, Spooter Scooter let me know. Spooter Scooter is his Twitter handle as well as his Xbox name. And he said, it used to be Panda Chow Chow before that, but Spooter Scooter came to me in a dream. And I was like, that's it. Hmm. So that led me to think, like, I wonder how interesting it is. How do people make up? How do they think of their dreams? They're gamer tags, so I wanted to just have us tell the story of how we came up with our gamer tags, and then I would love to like over the weeks if people write in like how did Fez IRL come about, how did um fucking King Snow Jerson, how did that mm-hmm. come about? Like, I would love to throw one or two of those in there
1: every week. So hold on, let's do it. What's your what's your gamer tag, and, and
0: how did you come up with that?
1: I have, like, a gamer tag that I have, like, an online ID that I use. My gamer tag is Nero1393. And it's Nero because when I was a kid, I was a huge dork, and I loved the Matrix. And I had this habit of, like, if I liked something as a kid, like a story, I would write a sequel to the story. With my own characters. And rather than having Neo as the main character of a Matrix story, it was Nero. Oh. Nothing to do with the Roman Emperor that ruined Rome. Oh. And then 1393 is just a random jumble of letters. 93 is the year I was born, though. And then uh, the other one is Calry, which is C-A-U-L-R-Y-E. And Calry is Holden Caulfield from Catcher in the Rye.
0: Oh. So when you get that, like... Everybody's like, Oh my god, Holden of like Holden Caulfield? You don't actually yeah, despise the- it. You're like, you actually embrace it.
1: Um I was say like I embrace it like, oh my god, I know that yeah, that's exactly where I'm from. Yeah. It's just like that's where I got my name from. And it's a classic book, like and it's not a common name, so I don't know how I could be upset by it. Although Holden I was having a conversation with this earlier. Holden Caulfield's a shit character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's really he's really terrible. The book's basically about how he flunked High school for the fourth time. And I was going to New York City to just like do Uh, crazy stuff. Before his parents find out. uh, Flunked is a weird word. Flunked.
0: Flunked.
1: (laughs) Flunked. Flunked.
0: Oh, man. So, mine. Most of my gamer tags are some derivative of cow tipper.
1: Yes. I actually have never known why you named him that.
0: So, travel back in time with me.
1: You tipped cows over all the time as a kid.
0: I grew up in... North Carolina.
1: Mhm.
0: Not in rural North Carolina, but I grew up in the, the bustling of metropolis
1: of, of of North Carolina.
0: Of the whole metropolis of the entire state. <laughs> um and this was the year was 2006. Gears of War had just popped onto the scene with the Xbox 360.
1: Lots of cow tipping in that game.
0: Was it 2006 Maybe maybe it's
1: 2007?
0: Whenever 2006.
1: 2006 no, yep. D- d- yeah, 2006. 2006.
0: Six. Yeah. Uh, my best friend, Tim, in high school, we went to go play multiplayer for the first time, and I had to make an Xbox account. He had to make his first one, and everything he had ever had before was always Iceman, because he was a big Top Gun fan. <laughs> so he was always Iceman. But you know, like, sometimes when you enter in your ID, and you put it in, and it says, here are some suggestions of things you could do instead, and it's like, awesome, Iceman. Iceman 9493944. One of the suggestions was Supreme Iceman. And he accidentally hit that instead. And he was like, damn it! Now this is my gamer tag. And I hate it. I didn't mean to click Supreme Iceman. And this looks stupid. And everyone's going to make fun of me.
1: Supreme Iceman sounds like a horrible Marvel comic. Like Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man and the Supreme Iceman.
0: Yep. And so I, because I'm such a good friend, I said, don't worry, Tim. I'll make something really stupid, too, so that nobody thinks yours is stupider than mine, and I'm the one that gets made fun of. So the first thing I thought <laughs> of was Cow Tipper.
1: Oh, you're so And that's sweet. the
0: origin of my name, and now that is everywhere. That's my Nintendo Network account. Is that what you call it? It's yeah. my PSN ID. It's my Xbox Gamer Tag. Cow Tipper. Cal that's Tipper. my iOS Game Center name.
1: <laughs> it's
0: been that way for 12 years now. Rumors are, you are in like, July, you we'll be it? able to change it on PSN. Would you change it? Uh, I am thinking, it, if it ever becomes available to change on PSN, then yes, I will change it. But I am already starting to, like, what would I change it to? Because I would want to change it on everything. Mm-hmm. And you could already change it on Xbox. I don't really I give don't a shit about anything it. else.
1: I don't know if you can change it on Nintendo. Really, would you care more about changing it on Xbox than Nintendo? Yeah. What do you play on Xbox
0: uh nothing right now same as i play nintendo
1: you <laughs> <laughs> just care about that nothing more than nintendo's nothing
0: that's right that's right all right all right well it enough, doesn't matter enough. because no one's gonna see that because all they're gonna see is my fucking friend code
1: true cool. they needed they need to change that back when the switch launched no friend codes it's not gonna be a thing oh when you want to add a friend you must use our friend code oh stupid. thanks reggie stupid stupid, stupid 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 so chad yes I want to jump into playtime because I want to hear what you have to say about God of War.
0: Oh, playtime with Chad. Me, God of War. So here we go. I've only had the opportunity to play about three hours of God of War. And I'm going to side with every other reviewer and YouTube personality and game journalist. And I'm going to say... I'm not going to say much about this game because I don't want to spoil anything. But from the first three hours... I feel powerful as fuck. This game is freaking gorgeous. I'm already surprised by story elements and relationships. And from what I hear, it only gets better and better and better. Hmm. Combat feels strong and great. And it's flexible. You can suit it to your needs. You can remap buttons. But it really feels fucking great. I had it. uh, I'm running on PS4 Pro on my OLED 4K TV. And it starts out on default as favoring resolution, so you have 4K textures. Okay. And I played that for about an hour and a half, and then I switched to favoring performance, which gets up to 60 frames per second. And it's good enough on both that I'm like, I think I'll just favor performance, have that little bit faster frame rate on it. But it looks fucking gorgeous. It's amazing. That's it. I think that's I think all i for now. Until I, think I played lying. a lot more of the game.
1: I think it's like 8-bit graphics, and you're just like, have Sony goggles on, you're like, this What's looks great. What's wrong with great. 8-bit graphics? It doesn't look great. In graphic, 4K, so... it looks great. <laughs> no, I'm kidding with you, actually. I've been swayed by the reviews, and at some point during the summer, I'm going to buy that game. point during the summer? That... Well, when school's Hold on, I want to have a... <laughs> when, school... He's saying, when school's over, and then I'm going to Texas for like two uh... weeks... And I can't play God of War around my five-year-old and twelve-year-old brothers. When, but there's a, there's a little boy in this game; they'll relate to him. <laughs> and the you know huge decapitations of giant giants. It's a fact of life. on that The one. sooner
0: they learn it, the better.
1: Yes, that's true. All the time, trolls get decapitated by Kratos. That's a thing. how
0: many how many little dolls did you have a kid like troll dolls and you pulled off their heads?
1: My, I'll put this this way: uh, never uh, my. You a my stepmom childhood. got really upset when my five-year-old brother was playing Splatoon and said, ah, I killed him. And she's like, that's it. No more Splatoon for him.
0: Oh, Holden. But I want to have a spoiler conversation
1: soon. <laughs> All right. When does school get out? Never? Uh, end of May. Or oh beginning of May. Okay. Beginning of May. And then the like end of May to first week of June, I'm going to be in Texas.
0: Okay. So like after E3.
1: Yeah, after E3. He's, he's coming up so freaking quick. It is. I can't wait. We'll talk about that, though, Chad. We, we have will. Okay, to yeah, I
0: think that's all I'm going to say about God of War for now. I don't have a whole lot of yeah. experience with it, but so far, it's You're so fucking it? good. So fucking good.
1: Well, um, I got nothing to add to playtime, because I played Metro 2033, which is our barf this month. <laughs> so I think we should jump right into that. Hold on, take us into barf and lead this discussion about this game. Yes. So, Metro 2033 is... Essentially a post-apocalyptic survival shooter that takes place in the metro tunnels of Moscow. I'm not sure exactly the time frame after the nuclear fallout, but a long enough time that kind of little towns have built up in the major platforms underneath, or metro stations, underneath ground. And... The plot doesn't really matter too much, but it's kind of there as a thread just to kind of get you to certain gameplay scenarios. But essentially, you play um, Artemis, who is um, Artyom, who is trying to save his town from getting attacked by the Dark Ones, which is this kind of like supernatural force that lives above the metro in Moscow, and he's going to another station called Polis. To get help.
0: These dark ones, those are like these alien things with super long arms.
1: Yeah, they don't really say exactly what they are. But yeah, they're basically aliens with super long arms. Um, But really, it's just a giant excuse for you to travel through the metro. And kind of get enveloped in its atmosphere. And fight these monsters that are living in the metro tunnels between towns. And also fighting some bandits occasionally as well. Um, I had played the game before, but I wanted Chad to play it. Uh, It's... A three-game series with the third game coming out this year. So Damn, I also that to point, trailer looked good. That trailer looked good, but Chad, does that trailer look good as good as you felt about this game? Is what I want to know.
0: So here, I I am still, despite this game, excited as fuck for Metro Exodus.
1: <laughs> the third. game. So basically, game. you weren't crazy about this.
0: I was not a fan of this game in almost any way. Wow. Anyway. Anyway.
1: Yep. So break that
0: down for me. So this game obviously came out in two thousand ten originally. Yes. And this was a remaster that I played, the Redux version mm-hmm. on PS four. Yes. And I had to constantly keep telling myself, just remember, it's an eight year old game. It's an eight year old game. <laughs> it's an eight year old game. So anytime that I was in like running across a terrible mechanic or a really bad like piece of iconography or things like that, I was like, It's a it's an eight year old game. Just remember that.
1: But then you think about <laughs> other things that
0: came out eight years ago, like Uncharted Three and shit like mm-hmm. that. You're like, oh really though?
1: But this is a much smaller development team. Like this is more of a double A game than a triple A game. It is. Yeah. And
0: I think I didn't it's gotten as much hype, especially from the Exodus reveal. Yeah. And things like, it's gotten enough hype to make you think it's a triple A game. It's not, yeah. And I went into it expecting that,
1: especially with the praise that you had given it as well. I think – yeah, sorry. You break down your thought and I'll share my thoughts on it. Because I don't entirely disagree with you. Yeah. There are definitely some issues. Like facial animations don't look the best. Things like yeah,
0: that. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of those <laughs> reminded me of, like, Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. <laughs> like the movement in facial animations is just like kind of terrifying to look at people yeah. in the eye. But a lot of it we've discussed briefly a couple weeks ago. A bad experience I had at the very beginning of the game – Where Mm -hmm. I just didn't even know I was supposed to find a gun. And then when I went to go look for it, there was nothing leading me in the direction of the gun. And then I just avoided enemies for a long time and then found out I was supposed to have a gun. And little experiences like that kept popping up all over the place.
1: I had one of those in my game this time around.
0: Yeah. Having had
1: played the game before. Having
0: played it, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Another one I ran into, like there there were little things like that all over the game that kind of broke that experience for me and and really Mm -hmm. frustrated me a lot. But one of them, I literally gave up on the game about halfway through. Mm -hmm. There is a chapter called Ghosts. And there's a train. And you're going through and you see these shadow figures and you're not supposed to touch them. And you go through Mm -hmm. like three different interactions with them. And the last one is this boy and this woman on a train. Now in this game, you get onto the train... And you run into a wall of spider webs, And I run and I'm like, okay, there's a wall of spider webs here. I can't pass through them, which is weird because the only spider webs that I've run into, which they purposefully put right before this, all they did was slow me down. I was able to pass through them just fine, but all they did was slow me down. They didn't stop me at all. I was like, okay, I must be missing something. There must be a door somewhere that I'm missing. I'm rocking all around. Missed the lighter. So I'm hitting this thing with a, uh, my melee. I'm shooting it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to look up a video. I look up a wiki first, and the wiki just says, walk to the end of the train. I was like, I can't just walk to the end of the fucking train. So I look up a video, and all the video guides of this thing are from the old version of the game, not the Redux version. And all the videos show a person on the train, no spiderwebs, and they're just walking <laughs> to the end of the train. I was like, fuck. I got a glitch in mine that it loaded some random-ass impassable spider webs that it's not supposed to have. Mm-hmm. So I restart from checkpoint. doesn't work. I reload an old save get to that same part again like 15 minutes later those fucking spider webs are there turns out i find deep in a forum somewhere that someone else has run into the same issue and there's a lighter that you've had that you've yep. never had to use the entire game but if you would played the second game you use the lighter a lot to burn spider webs but if you've never played that yes. game you wouldn't even fucking know so they went back in the redux version of this and added a mechanic and didn't tell you about it and then i didn't even well, know how to, to fucking bring up the lighter when it came out i was like god damn it that's I, I don't disagree was. with you
1: entirely, but to be fair, in the second game they don't tell you about it either. Like they don't tell you anything about this game. Like they never tell you how to change cartridges on your gas mask. They don't I didn't tell even you... know I had a lighter. Yeah, they don't tell you like there's actually a um a way to see as well what your uh, objectives are at any given time. You have to like load up the compass and then you have to hit the down button on the D pad and it loads up like a clipboard that you can look at when you're walking around. There's a lot of little things they don't tell you, and it's a game that really requires a lot of experimenting and trying things out. And it's kind of one of those things where it's a double-edged sword. It's cool because there's no tutorial. Like, one thing I like about this game is no tutorial that's at the beginning of every single first-person shooter, which is some scenario they set up where you've woken up and you need to look at a light for a doctor. Like, look up, look to the left. Yeah. Like, they like avoid a lot of that stuff. But at the same time, that stuff can happen. Um, so, like, there was a point where... Like I didn't realize that I got to a door that I was I couldn't open, and to get to that door I had to like climb up something and jump in the in the room, and there was no way to get out again. Oh yep, I you were know know talking, talking about yep, yeah. And I'm like I I'm trying to find this. I know the door I have to open up. It's right here. I'd hit the square button and it wouldn't work. The only thing to note too is I played it on a a mode called survival mode or ranger mode, and there's no ui elements at all so it doesn't even tell you to hit square at any point during the game you have to like know when to hit square except for like uh quick time events sure so i'm like am i just not at the right part of the door and cause there's no prompt to tell me to open the door I, it will just infer that i know to hit the square button and i didn't know what to do it turns out you have to shoot a chandelier like yep. the wire the chandelier and it'll come in and break the door open and it's like that was the only time i'm kind of like what the hell do i do here there's a few things like that where it doesn't explain things very well um, but it's again kind of a double edged sword. I like that it doesn't tell me things because I get to play it my own way. But then like like you said, you run into these moments where you're clueless yep. and you feel like the game's broken in some way, but it's not broken, it just didn't tell you something.
0: And things like that can be forgiven if other parts of the game are good.
1: Mm-hmm. But and as you like mentioned,
0: anything. the story, I wrote down here I have all of my notes, and it says didn't give a fuck or understand the story at all. Yeah. Pretty much, it's mostly just moving from checkpoint to checkpoint. Absolutely, yeah. And then it comes to like the presentation of the game itself, and I—it's very
1: old. The presentation,
0: uh, yeah. But when it comes to sound design, I thought it was terrible. Oh, really? The I like guns. The sound sounded like rubber band guns. Like the, I never once felt okay. like, oh man, this is a powerful. It was like, no, I'm shooting this machine gun, and it sounds like I'm shooting pellets at a wall.
1: Were, did so, you have a silencer on your gun? Because you a lot of the guns no, have No, eventually, yeah, you do
0: get silencers. But no, yeah. from the very beginning of the game, even before I had silencers on my rifle, it was mm-hmm. like, no, they, they all sounded terrible.
1: Did you play with headphones in? No, I did not. Okay, I put headphones. I like the sound design with headphones.
0: I, uh, There's some I've, good 3D audio. I found that during a lot of the encounters with enemies, mm-hmm. there was either no missing, no soundtrack at all, like no music or anything like that, or it yeah. was like really dull So, like, it made your fights really unexciting, and it's just these enemies attacking you, and we'll get to, like, my problem with the enemies here in a little bit. But, yeah, it it was, like, those encounters, and they weren't, no stakes there, because the music is not telling me, like, oh, man, this is intense, you should be scared, you should be frightened for your life. It was just, like, literally no sound at all, and they're just, like, ow, rah, rah. So I was not impressed with the sound design of this game.
1: It kind of does the same thing uh, that kind of Breath of the Wild does, is that the music doesn't inform you what to feel. In a lot of ways, the... Kind of natural sounds around you are what's supposed to kind of create that feeling. Yeah. Again, I think this is where we differ. I really enjoyed that. It reminded me of when – this is a great comparison because it's not an amazing movie. But when you saw, I saw I Am Legend, and there's no soundtrack to I Am Legend because they didn't want you to feel like you should be thinking something at a certain point. Yeah. They wanted your own reaction to be natural because it's what you were thinking, not what the director was telling you to think at that that moment, I think, that's what they were kind of going for. And it, to me, I liked it because I felt like I should always be on edge because I didn't know what was going to be around a corner at any given time. I knew if I was in a town, I'm safe. There's going to be no monsters here. Every other point, I didn't know what was going to happen. At least for my first playthrough, I remember feeling that sense of kind of dread consistently. And I, I personally think that music would have gotten in the way of that. If I don't hear music, great. I can just run and I'll be fine. Yeah. But sometimes running is a bad idea in this game because I can attract enemies and you want to be sneaky.
0: I just feel like in games, especially like when you think about The Last of Us or like games that have that really atmospheric, like the yeah. music helps build the tension and the suspense leading up mm-hmm. to a, an interaction or an encounter. And I never felt that at all. And anytime that enemy popped up, but it was just like, oh, that's just another thing I have to shoot. So I was never really scared be, at all.
1: To be fair, though, with something like The Last of Us, they're trying to create an emotional response out of you to feel right. for these characters and all that. This is not trying to do that at all. Characters exist purely, like you said, and I agree, to get you from point A to point B. Right, it's like, so like writing a book without any it. descriptive yeah. words. The descriptive See, words that's what what I just, that's evoke what I that emotion
0: with. where you're like, oh, but now I can imagine anything on top of those plain words.
1: I disagree with that because I think that the, the atmosphere comes from, again, like the natural sounds of the world. I just heard that monster. Something's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. It comes from hearing people talk in the distance. It comes from just, like, the lighting and how dark things can get. The fact that, like, the tension for me also came from I don't have much time left in my gas mask. And I'm terrified that something's going to happen. Or, like, even kind of like in a Metroid Prime where you can see your HUD in in a way. oh, You can see, like, your mask in a way. Like, when your gas mask starts to shatter, like, oh, crap. Like, if I get hit once, I'm dead no matter how good my health is. Like, there are a few moments where, like, I was outside and I had... Couldn't find any good gas masks, and I only had one that already had holes in it. And I'm like, one shot, I'm done. One single shot, and this is totally over. And I have to walk through a whole crowd of guys. I tried sticking around them. I tried, like, shooting at them. But, like, I knew to be on edge because of that visual cue. I think a lot of the visual cues is what makes the tension for me in this game. Sure. I
0: yeah. feel like I also might have played it on a, a too easy of a difficulty.
1: Yeah, so I played, on, I played it on normal, but I played it on... There's two options you can choose, and one's, like, ranger... Or I can't remember, but it's like shooter and survival. Basically, is what it is. Like, yeah, shooter it is we're gonna give you more ammo. Uh, enemies are gonna be easier to kill, and then you know, survivor, which is what I was on, is there's a lot less ammo. So you have to really conserve your ammo. Like I ran. See, out that's of ammo what I a few played times. it on
0: too, but I never. I always had at least 15 minutes on my field. You played it on the survival? Yeah. Did you but play it on I, the I ranger chose, mode of the HUD? Uh, no, I didn't play it on like. Okay. So you, you choose that, that those two types adds. of gameplays, and then you choose a difficulty after that. Yeah. I did normal survivor.
1: Okay, okay. Uh,
0: but yeah, I I I chose Survivor because I, like, cool, I like that Resident Evil feel where it's like resource mm-hmm. management, and I never felt I had to do that at all. I was always maxed out on ammo, couldn't pick up more shit, so I feel like maybe really? if I played it harder, I would have had, I would have been okay. scared more, but I was like, no, yeah. I always have shotgun shells, mm-hmm. so I don't really have to worry about being scared of an yeah. enemy. Hmm. But that kind of comes down to my, the problem I had with the gameplay itself. It's a first person shooter. But it really has two different types of gameplay. There's the when you're fighting enemies and when you're fighting monsters, like human enemies and monsters. And I feel like the game play itself, you don't have all of the monsters are always in your face nonstop. You can't run fast enough. You don't have a strong enough melee, so I feel like the gameplay really fell apart for me in the in those up-close encounters with monsters. But I felt like it was really great whenever I was sniping people from a distance mm-hmm. in those segments where I had, like, human enemies. Or when I was able to, like, sneak up on them and throw a knife at their back or something like that. But too much of it was just a horde of these naked mole rats jumping in my face. And they kind of looked like they were just, like, jumping like crazy bunnies as well, which was kind of comical to me as well so it took me out (laughs) of the experience a little bit Mm -hmm. but that yeah i feel like those gameplays didn't quite mesh very well together and it was definitely more suited for one than the other so okay i didn't have yeah i didn't have a great time i feel like all around i did write one good thing though (laughs) one i have good things and i have one thing under it and the light bar on the ps4 remote flickers when your flashlight flickers in the game I thought that oh, I didn't cool. even.
1: I didn't even notice that. I, I'm crazy on top of making sure that I'm uh, charging at my battery all the time. So I never really ran into that. I never even noticed that.
0: I, did, I, did, I don't even know what that It said charge your battery, and it's like, I don't even know how to fucking do that. I never <laughs> ran into the need to do that either. But I was like, I, why do I charge you my never battery? You never on my once charge
1: your battery on your flashlight?
0: No, I don't even know how to do that. Wow. I would put it away sometimes, and then it would come back, and it was fine. I was like, uh, did that just putting it away charge it? I don't know. How often did you use it? I don't know. I guess in any areas where it was too dark to see by itself,
1: that's most of the game. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't for that's, me. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, interesting. Uh, Excuse me. So, so one thing I disagree with you strongly on, and I wasn't paying too much to the sound effect, but I love the guns. One of my favorite guns in any game is in this. It's really simple, and it's just it's the shotgun that has the the shells surrounding the exterior, like a revolver. Okay. I love the design of that gun. I think it's really cool. I love that the design of every gun wasn't like some AK47 or something like that. It was something that they made underground with the scraps that they could find. and every weapon had like a really cool design like that. Yeah. so I always liked like kind of going to the shop and seeing like what types of guns they had. Um, I did enjoy I think, that
0: upgrade system.
1: I see for me, I find the two guns I want, which is machine gun with a, with a uh, silencer. And the shotgun that I just mentioned. But in the shotgun I put the the laser scope or the, the laser sight on it. Yeah. Um I those are kinda of my, my primary weapons. Um so I kinda of just found those again and I just stuck with it. Every time I would get another weapon, like the game would force you into using the flamethrower, I'm like, Cool, great, when can I get rid of this? So I get my guns back. I want my guns. So I didn't really do the customizations all that much, but I always appreciate that's in the game. I just never really touch it. Like it's like a less in depth version of Fallout's customization for weapons. Yeah. I like that you could
0: find weapons that had the customizations you want, or you could buy to get them whenever you want.
1: Yeah, but buying them means that you have less money to spend on ammo.
0: Right. But again, I never had to buy ammo.
1: You never had to buy ammo? No. I'm telling
0: you, it was everywhere. I, I was literally like trying to search bodies and it are had you the red sure ammo.
1: you didn't choose a shooter option because it really I'm sounds 100% like 100 sure because i've played this in shooter mode and survival mode in shooter mode never had to buy ammo or anything survival mode i'm like i barely made it to the end of this i'm 100 percent sure i chose survivor because i was like
0: oh yeah resident evil i want that experience
1: okay okay i it doesn't sound like that i'm just i'm surprised maybe you're just are way better aim than i am so you just didn't waste as much ammo as i did
0: if I ever had a buddy, I would let them do a lot of the work.
1: Oh, see, I just like shooting things. Ah. There was a few times I did that, but not not very often. Um, I think my big detractors from this game and things that I'd be shocked if they didn't fix. I think the the most dated thing in this game is that. Between chapters, there's like a little diary entry from Artium telling oh, you God. what chapter it is. And that has really no point whatsoever. No. And it would load back in, and you're basically where you just left off. Yep. And the voice acting was so bad in this game. The, what the best voice acting is, sarcastically the best voice acting is, is the little kids all sound like, oh. like men trying to sound like children. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Uh, the voice acting is pretty atrocious. So I'll be honest. I think if you didn't like this game that much, you're gonna have the same exact complaints again about Metro Exodus.
0: I don't think so at all. That I game looks so gonna... much more polished, and they've had eight years to grow as a studio and developers. And but I think games the themselves that you don't... have changed since then too.
1: I don't think you're gonna like the things like they don't tell you how to use the lighter. I I I feel like like games
0: in general and game design language has changed enough that they have to keep up. Like you can't make an open world game the same that you did five years ago. It's not an open world game. No, what I'm saying, like open world games today, if you make them the same way that you would make them five years ago, you're getting left behind. Like Fallout 4. So when they're making games like this, like what they did back then won't work today. And they think that game developers know that, so they have to change their approach.
1: But from what I've seen in the trailer, it didn't seem that much different. It just seemed like a better looking version of it. Like for it looks going so back, sexy. going back to um, I was talking about the, like seeing your your quest log and what is on your quest log. It is this. If you watch the E3 trailer for Master Exodus, it's the same thing. They the I way haven't he watched it the map, since E3. Watch it. It's the same exact thing. It just looks better and more polished. Uh. It's the same thing. He uses the lighter to get rid of cobwebs. He pulls up the map the same way you pull up the quest log by showing the compass, then lifting up on the D-pad. That's all the same. Like, you're looking around to scavenge and find your ammo everywhere. Like, the mechanics seem very similar. I think the biggest difference is that you're not going to be underground the entire time.
0: I have faith that they'll have learned from their mistakes. Oh, they'll... And they're going to listen learn. to this podcast, and they're going to
1: take my criticisms into account. <laughs> I mean, they'll learn. I can tell you they'll learn because Last Light fixes a lot of the problems that we're talking about in a way. Like, enemy encounters are a lot better in Last Light than they were in Metro 2033 by a long shot, I think. Um, so they definitely have learned from, from their mistakes in some ways. See? But... See? And it's all because they listened to you, Chad. That's right.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. What else? So do you have all to say? All, that's all like... I've got to say
1: about Metro 2033. What else do you have to say about it? No, I mean I think that I don't think we disagree that much. I just think that I'm I liked the atmosphere of the game. That's the real calling of the game to me is the atmosphere. But yeah. that doesn't seem like it was a big calling for you. And the atmosphere outweighed all the issues I have with it. I understand gotcha. it's an older game. I understand it's a double A developer. I maybe I went with those expectations, whereas you had the expectation of it being triple A. And that might have yeah, I went hurt. in with
0: the expectation, like you had said, this is possibly my favorite shooter of all time. And I was like, oh. I didn't say
1: all time, but it's up there for sure for me. I was like, okay, okay. If you say shooter of all time, it's probably Fallout or something like that. Even though it's not really a shooter, but.
0: Not really, yeah.
1: But I treat it like a shooter.
0: I'm going to treat you like a shooter. So that <gasps> was Bar for me? this month. Metro 2033. Um, I know Spooder Scooter was wanting to write in with his thoughts on it. I guess he didn't finish his game in time, but we did hear from Fez who says he's never played them. So thank you, Fez, for your input <laughs> <laughs> on Metro 2033. Um, we'll reach out to you when we need some Destiny Vanilla, some, uh, good old Call of Duty knowledge. Call of Duty. Next GD. month, it is my month to choose, and I have chosen Super Mario RPG. As our Game of the Month, as our Barf, backw- Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends for May.
1: Which I have not played, and I'm excited to play.
0: It is one of my favorite games on the Super Nintendo. You can play this either OG Super Nintendo if you have an SNES Classic. It is also available on the Wii Virtual Console, the Wii U Virtual Console. Oh,
1: can't get on a Wii Virtual Console anymore because that's shut down.
0: That's right. Well, you can't buy money. You can still download your purchases. So if you've downloaded it before on Wii, you can still re-download it until like July.
1: Great. That's a very small demographic of our audience, yes. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> or there are less legal ways of playing it as well. If you're interested in playing it, play it along with us. I made sure... What was the last... We did a JRPG as a barf, didn't we? We did Earthbound. Earthbound. Yeah, Earthbound, yeah. This is a lot shorter than Earthbound. It is. I looked it up on how long to beat. 16 hours if you play the game. Like, 22 hours if you get all the extras. But it is something that we both want to start early. Yes because we don't want hint, to be hint
1: to holden, holden. On that one right yeah <laughs> play this early
0: and don't fuck it up with your snes classic this time just like you did the past two games you played on it
1: the snes classic is not great with save states it's terrible well, fucking it's not think fault. about it
0: before you push a button <laughs> my my uh, brother-in-law actually did the same exact thing with his donkey kong country save recently too
1: okay so see i'm not stupid i'm just like your brother-in-law <laughs> who's a brilliant person i'm sure
0: Toads brills super mario rpg holden let's go into the few quests we have in our quest log god speaking's far hard it's hard it's far as fark
1: holden just tell me about some fucking quests we have not a lot of quests this week, but Ooh, we have a substantial we two amount. we have days worth of quests. <laughs> we have a decent amount. I'm going to start off with Final Fantasy Dissidia NT is getting a DLC character next week. Ooh! And the notable thing about this DLC character is that uh, way back in March, I'll read it here, way back in uh, March, Vayne uh, Carutus, Solidor, whatever character that is, from Final Fantasy 12, was announced as the first of six DLC characters that would be coming to Dissidia NT. Despite arriving in the March update for the arcade counterpart, Square revealed the console version will be arriving April 26th, so three months after they the release date of the game. They're releasing their first bit of DLC, and it's after the arcade version of the game, which is very strange. And just not the best move to make when your game's not selling that well. If you're going to postpone DLC and put it in an arcade cabinet instead for a while, just not choice
0: Maybe they're balanced differently for console.
1: Who knows? They prioritize the console because you've already sold the arcade cabinets. No bowling alley is going to be like, <laughs> hey, they are fin- finally balanced out DLC characters. For when Final they Phase say arcade, nostalgia.
0: I'm pretty sure they refer to only Japan. And I doubt you'll find this game in a bowling
1: alley. Bowling alleys in Japan. Bowling <laughs> is huge in Japan.
0: I wonder. Is it? If we have any listeners in Japan, let us know if bowling is big there. <laughs> I just let
1: it out of my ass. I don't really know for sure or not.
0: I went bowling this weekend. Did you? It was fun.
1: I haven't been oh, I bowling say, in a long time. I can only bowl with bumpers because I'm terrible.
0: I uh, got a score of like 52. So
1: oh, okay. So I'm actually better than that. And there you go. <laughs> but well, I did bumpers. not do bumpers. So okay. So
0: what is this GTA Five Premium Edition?
1: Yeah, GTA has a Premium Edition coming out very soon. Coming it's out in
0: more more ways for you to be able to spend money on GTA Five.
1: Yeah, so no, it's actually it's really just the same content that's been there all the DLC, the Criminal Enterprise starter pack um, is going to be included. All the DLC is going to be there. There's four major DLC packs included. It's coming out in April, so very 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 soon.
0: Soon, very soon.
1: Soon, very soon.
0: Oh man, you know what else is coming out soon? Slash what? I actually don't know cuz I don't remember if we've gotten a release date for this one, but Wolfenstein 2 coming out on Switch.
1: And a release date for it yet.
0: It requires a download, so that's another one of those games that you will need probably an SD card, and you need a down an internet download of content before you can play the game. So even if you I'm, buy it on cartridge, doesn't mean you can play the game.
1: I'm not surprised, because there's probably a lot of voice acting that they didn't want to have on a cartridge. Yeah. That's crazy. Doom didn't have that problem, but Doom has zero voice acting, so it well, was hey, a little bit of voice acting, not a lot.
0: There's a lot of voice acting in a Doom movie. There is boom segue tell me about the new doom movie because i don't know anything that, about that was
1: a good segue um there is only the update that a uh, danish actress model musician nita bergman said that she's going to be in the doom movie being made by universal pictures oh great that's all we know cool and the fact that they're going to have a danish actress musician model starting in the movie gives me zero hope it's going to be a good movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh video game movies always make the
1: same mistakes They do, except Rampage. That was critically acclaimed, if you remember, from last week.
0: That's right, 51%.
1: (laughs) Speaking of horror, the Kickstarter harder title, Agony, is coming May 29th. So if you want to support your indie games, it doesn't look terrible. It looks pretty good.
0: Wait. It's already been Kickstarted a long time ago, and now it finally has a release date?
1: Yep. Okay. It's supposed to come out March 3rd. It got delayed. They didn't give a date. Now they have a date, May 29th.
0: Now, Holden, God of War came out this week, but also Nintendo Labo came out yesterday, yes. Friday
1: 420. Which <laughs> we'll be talking about in Leaderboard next week. Uh,
0: something that I'm very glad to see is that Nintendo is offering replacement Labo parts. So if yes. you are playing the robot game and you, like, accidentally punch a wall with one glove and you fuck it up and you need just a glove, you can buy just a glove.
1: a cardboard And they're pretty, glove. they're pretty cheap, too. Yeah, they're just they a few range- bucks for most of them. Yeah, so it's one ninety nine to eleven ninety nine. I think eleven ninety nine would be like the backpack for the robot, like yeah. something bigger like that, which isn't terrible. It has
0: a lot of yarn and rubber bands. I think the one ninety nine yeah. is like the stickers.
1: Yeah, probably. But yeah, a, that's a really single cool. Stickers one ninety nine.
0: Yeah, instead of having to buy a whole new thing, you can just buy like the piece that you broke, or if the rubber band went missing, things like that.
1: Yeah, those are all of our small fetches. Let's move into the main quest log, or the, just the quest log. We we'll get to our main event in a little while. Woo! Do I start this one off, Chad?
0: Yeah, God of War photo mode. I told you it's a fucking beautiful game. I've taken a trillion screenshots and it's taking everything I can not to send those to Holden so I can save them on my phone. Uh, but it's also getting it's getting a proper photo mode soon, and it will mm-hmm. be very similar to. They actually showed it off in a video. It'll be very similar to Lost Legacies photo mode, where you can change depth of field, you can put filters and change contrast, all that kind of fun stuff. You can change facial expressions for that's both Kratos and uh atreus which is cool
1: i like that one i want to see uh, they make the everyone's made this point already but i think it's just still funny is that you're gonna have a happy kratos you can make a happy kratos yep <laughs> you never see that in the games ever um so that's cool. i th- i think one of the big stories this week uh it did, like just happened not that long ago uh jason strider talking about how valve bought yeah! sample camp uh, camposanto who makes yeah! firewatch
0: Yeah, we just talked about firewatch
1: just got updated And uh, it was confirmed by Campo Santo. They said that uh, they are an obvious match. It's a quote. Both sides spoke about our values and how when you get right down to it, we as human beings are hard limited by the time we have left when it comes to making the things we care about and believe in. They've asked us if we'd all be interested in coming up to um, Bellevue and doing that there, and we said yes. Cool.
0: Let's vow making good on their promise that they said a few weeks ago saying we're going to double down on game production again.
1: By buying companies and releasing their games. Yep. Which is (laughs) so much cheaper than what they've been usually doing. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I do love this uh, just quick note um, from Jason Schreier who wrote, Valve, a digital store operator that once made video games. (laughs) 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 That's a great quote. Um, I want to talk about this. This is a really interesting story. And as you being a Final Fantasy fan, I'm curious what you think of this. Final Fantasy Remake aims to exceed the original. And Square Enix talked a little bit about what their kind of lofty intentions are with this game. Um, I actually haven't read this yet. It's I have highlights if you want to look in Instapaper. But um, basically, they want to create a new worldview while protecting concepts familiar to the players. Their team is aiming at a new creation that isn't just a simple remake. And the project is, a, is in full-scale development to create a game that exceeds the original Final Fantasy VII. I have not played Final Fantasy VII, so I don't really have you know, a, a horse in this race, but you, I, if I understand, you really like this game. I do, yeah. I really, really enjoy this game. Does, I am, does this make you uncomfortable? Because it, it would doesn't. make me uncomfortable.
0: I'm all for updating a game so that it is accessible to modern audiences, because this game, while really great, I mean, there are parts of it that you look at it and it's just like makes you want to claw your eyes out. It's so ugly. Mm-hmm. Like at the time, we're like, oh my god, 3D sprites, that's so crazy. Or 3D characters, models, and they look like Polly Pockets. Yeah. But um, I think just what is so interesting to me in general is a lot of the the years that people were clamoring for Final Fantasy VII Remake, their excuse of why they wouldn't make it is because they said, if we remade Final Fantasy VII, we feel like... We're telling ourselves, we're telling our audience, that's the best we can do. We don't have any more good original ideas, so we might as well just make this again. And now they're making it, but they're saying, "Hey, we're actually going to make it better, and we're going to exceed the original." I was like, "That's kind of interesting about this. That they're not just taking it and remaking it, but actually, yeah. they've found a way that they want to make it even better."
1: So I'm, well, I'm actually okay with it. We knew that they were changing the combat system already. It was going to be
0: episodic as well. Like,
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's going to be episodic anymore. They were just talking about that. Who knows at this point? But I mean, I'm, I, I slightly agree with you, but to me, it's like saying to me, this is like Nintendo saying we're going to remake Ocarina of time and we're going to make it even better than the original and just how uncomfortable like that wouldn't make me. It just, it's such a weird proposition to like say that we're going to remake this and make it even better because we're changing so many things about it. And like, it's kind of like if you replace all the planks of wood in a ship, is it still the same ship? So, like, how much are they going to keep of the original? Uh, Is this going to have the same soul? Like, what does that mean, necessarily? And, again, I'm not a big fan of this. Like, I don't, like, if this game tanks, I'll be like, oh, that's unfortunate. But it's not going to, like, affect me in any way at all. Um, It's just interesting. I think it's notable to bring up.
0: I guess we'll just have to see in 2024 when they reveal the first trailer for it.
1: That early?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Holden, do you want to know what's coming to Xbox Games with Gold in May? I do want to know. Coming from IGN, they have a list of everything coming to Xbox Live Gold members for the month of May. First up and most notable is Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. This was on PlayStation Plus a few months ago. Now it is on Xbox. Um, That's pretty cool. That's coming May 16th. Super Mega Baseball 2, equally as critically acclaimed, I'm sure, coming May
1: 1st. One of my favorite games of all time. If I must say so myself.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> then the uh, two Xbox 360 games, which are backwards compatible, are Sega Vintage Collection, Streets of Rage, as well as Vanquish. Have you ever played
1: Vanquish? No, I heard it's really good, though.
0: I played the first, like, good couple hours of it way back in 2011, that was, when it launched. It was mm-hmm. good.
1: Very, very cool. Yeah, um, that's a good month. Vanquish and Metal Gear month. Solid
0: Five. that's a good month.
1: So, last week, we talked about Radical Heights came out at early access, and IGN has a review up for it. And I wanted to read a tweet from Dan Stapleton, he's one of the editors at IGN. We had, we had a little back and forth on Twitter about this. Mm-hmm. So Dan Stapleton and I talked. How crazy is that? His it's fascinating to see a vocal number of people complain that reviewing early access games isn't fair. How is it fair that a game should be released to the public to play but be premature from criticism until their marketing department decides otherwise. Um, and initially I disagreed, but he, he came back with a good point. I said the same reason you don't review public betas of iOS during the summer. The point is to knock out kinks um, pre-launch. The discussion on mechanics is okay, but applying a score seems premature. Why does IGN do review in progress when a game is out with no score, but early access gets a score? He responds back. I think this is a really good point. If they were selling the beta you'd better believe I'd be reviewing it. When you're selling something, you've launched it. We do scores and um, reviews in progress. When we've played enough of a game that we're confident the score means something. And I said, that's a fair point. Um, you don't pay for betas. Point retracted.
0: Yeah, I think that's the biggest feature. Whenever, it, whenever we're, saying we're putting down money and we're making a commitment, and it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh yeah, I'll download this and try it out, see if it's good. When you're yeah. making a commitment, you need a resource to go to and say like, is this worth my money? Is this worth my time? Yeah. So I definitely agree with that.
1: I think it's, it is what was interesting.
0: The, what was the crux of his review, did it say?
1: Uh, um, it got a 5.0. Basically, and uh, I'm, I'm going to hold out only because this is going to be one of the leaderboards. So like Nintendo Labo and Radical Heights are the two games on the leaderboard right now. Gotcha. But generally it's just the mechanics that seem to differentiate it aren't what they're cracked up to be. They can be gotcha. kind of frustrating to kind of play it simply right now. But we'll talk more about that next week today's um to go into some uh we'll say potentially exciting news um pokemon could be coming in november what and i've said from the beginning of this year i think pokemon's coming out this year but uh twitter user pixelpar uh who has industry insider contacts i've seen some of his stuff he's not terrible um he <laughs> said He said, for anyone wondering, Pokemon Switch materials have been undergoing localization since late February, possibly earlier. Educated guests, based on previous Pokemon localization timing, it should be ready for November slash December. If it's getting localization now, it means it's basically getting polished up and finished. Like, the story is complete, the designs and all that are complete. They're probably just working out bug fixes, maybe, like, making sure it's a polished experience, This is like one of the final steps before you print a game.
0: Well, to play Devil's Advocate, yeah, uh, Yakuza Six just came out like this week in the West, but it came out in Japan in 2016 because they were localizing it for two years.
1: Yeah, but also, what's the difference in the amount of voiceover and all of that in Yakuza Six versus Pokemon? First of all, there's each Pokemon either says its name. There's text or... translations. There's text <laughs> translations. They use the same names, I think, in Japan. Or as well. sometimes
0: they don't even have to say their names. Sometimes they just make noises. Like, you think It's just a what? giant
1: open world, like, GTA style game. There's so much more to work to do with that. <laughs> it's not a fair comparison at all. I think it's perfectly fair. <laughs> you know, Skyrim would take a long time to localize. Um, no, I mean, again, I said may, because this might not yeah. be true, but I think that. It's coming out in 2018 to begin with. We've heard a lot of buzz of just like Nintendo saying, hey guys, get this out for 2018, please. This CEO of GameStop saying that the unannounced games for 2018 are going to blow people's socks off basically and sell lots of units for Nintendo. This is the game that can do that. Smash has already been announced. you know,
0: Um, if they blow your socks off, then you'll get cold feet and then you won't want to commit to buying the game.
1: This is true. Um, and then a small little note on the story as well is that he also was able to share what the the code name for the new Pokemon game is inside Game yeah. Freak. It's Project Beluga.
0: Ooh.
1: I like that. Ooh. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Beluga. Beluga whale.
0: Echo location. We,
1: we got three more stories here.
0: Yeah, I don't know anything about these. You take them. <laughs> so, um,
1: <laughs> Platinum, uh, they make... Bayonetta, they have said basically that they would like to make Wonderful 101 for the Switch. That was a game that came out on the Wii U that got some praise but didn't sell too well. They also to Wonderful Switch.
0: 101, correct? Was that? They also were the developers of yeah, like Wonderful made it. 101.
1: Yeah, they yeah. made it, yeah. Um, so they want to bring it to Switch. They basically just have to say that Nintendo... They said Nintendo has to approve it, essentially. Right.
0: That was one so, of the weird ones where it's like... That was a Nintendo ip but they gave it to platinum to make right or was it just a because obviously the third um, party i'm
1: pretty games. sure it was just a platinum game that had the backing like bayonetta was back why would by they nintendo? need nintendo's
0: permission then to make it
1: because nintendo has the approval on what games get re- released or not if they're funding the game like they're not going to make bayonetta 3 if nintendo wasn't funding it like gotcha. Nintendo's funding those games. Gotcha, gotcha, It's gotcha. Nintendo's money. So it's
0: kind of first party, almost.
1: It's a second party. It's weird. It's, it's second, weird. It's a second party.
0: It doesn't exist. Second party doesn't exist. There's first and yes, third. It does. And anything in between is dumb.
1: Second totally exists. PlayStation lives off second party developers.
0: You're a second party developer.
1: I am a second party developer. Two more stories here. We have Animal Crossing Pocket Camp adds loot boxes. And oh! it's really pissing off fans. So, basically, they're not loot is boxes. Is playing that? Fortune cookies now. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> fortune cookies is what they're called um well that's a lot less intimidating yeah a lot less intimidating but when you when you eat a fortune cookie you get a (laughs) random item of of clothing or furniture depending on the type of cookie that you bought here's where it gets bad though in the game you have bells that's your currency that's like the currency of all the animal crossing games that's the in-game currency you have to spend money on you can get certain cookies with that with the bells. But other cookies, you have to get Leaf Tickets. And Leaf Tickets is what you pay actual money for. So you can still, like, make the items if you wanted to. But if you played Animal Crossing before, that can take a long time, potentially. Yeah. Like, many days at some in some cases. So Leaf Tickets are required in certain cases. But also, uh, Fortune Cookies can be gotten through what are called stamp cards. You can only get the stamps by using leaf tickets so buying a cookie with leaf tickets earns players a stamp when you they can have a maximum of 10 stamps so it's kind of weird you buy money to that you can use in the game and then you can also use that money you bought to you get stamps which is like more money in the game and you only have 10 of those but some of the items some of the fortune cookies require 10 full stamps
0: this is giving me a headache
1: it's really convoluted (laughs)
0: Here's why I'm okay with this. There are two types of people who still play Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. There are the people who play it, and they're okay with paying for leaf tickets, and they'll play it occasionally. And I think that they would be totally okay with paying for more loot boxes. And then there's the people who are still playing it because they found a way that they enjoy it, and they can still play it without having to pay a single dime, and they've made it this far. I don't think this is going to bother them at all because they're just going to keep on doing what they're
1: doing. But Twitter is... People on Twitter are pissed. So people are upset about it.
0: Yeah, but those are birds. Twitter is all oh, birds.
1: That's that's true. Everyone's um, eggs and birds. The article goes on, in defense, uh, in, in Nintendo's defense, each fork and cookie gives a clear indication of which items it provides as well as the chance of them appearing. Which is kind of what we've always talked about as a necessary thing for loot boxes. Is, that is also required what by are law the now by Apple.
0: No, well, not law, but... In, in China in
1: or something like that, right?
0: No, Apple has made it. If you're in the App Store and you have blue boxes, they have to have Oh, cases. they have
1: made that. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's right. We talked about that. That's right. And the last story, and I say the story for last because I think this is an important story. It's one of those steps in video games becoming a cultural, like a cultural staple point. And what the heck? I can't load up the article. It keeps saying error 502. What is Instant Paper down right now? No, you want me to read the highlighted stuff you have? No, I got it. I got okay. it. There we go. So the National Federation uh, of State High Schools is going to be getting into eSports. This is a great step in legitimizing video games. This is huge. That's kind of cool. They're going to be MOBA, sports games, and fighting games, but they will not do shooters, which includes Counter-Strike and Fortnite. I do think it's funny that we won't do shooting games because they're too violent, but we will do games where two people beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) It's a little strange to me, but I get it because, like, you know, yeah. the news events lately and all that kind of stuff right. we don't get into. So I assume this will
0: be, like, an extracurricular activity officially sponsored by the school, not, like, exactly. built-in gym class.
1: Exactly. And I think I want to read this here from uh, Koski, who, who is one of the heads of the um, National Federation of State High Schools. He says that we know eSports isn't just up and coming. It's here. It is much better for students to be behind the education walls between the hours of 2.30 to 5.30 versus being at home or a friend's home. And I think what he means by that, or at least what I'm how I'm interpreting that is we've talked a lot about how gamers can be pretty aggressive in games, yeah. Counter-Strike included. And I think learning these, like playing for a school like that, is going to help kind of calm down that competitiveness to a healthy competition and not calling people like, you know, and stuff like that, which is not okay. Yep, because <laughs> that yep. happens, or like worse names. That's not a great name to call someone, but you know what I mean. Yep. Did I just say a bad word? I said a bad word. Chad. You did. You said a bad word. Yeah, I said a it was bad for word. an educational
0: purpose, though. Don't say that, kids. Holden's a bad person.
1: <laughs> um. So, the uh, NFHS is partnered with a startup called PlayVS to build the digital infrastructure needed to support a high school esports. Later this year, that will enable students to compete in official state competitions and be recognized by their state athletic associations. And that could lead to them getting scholarships for schools potentially, because even colleges are now starting to do esports. Yep. And, then, and this, is, this is really cool. Like, this is kind of what is going to make video games a staple.
0: I think it's cool that they are also acknowledging at the educational level that, hey, this is a legitimate career now. Yeah, people can make this their livelihood.:
1: Absolutely. yeah. It's a big deal. very big deal. what's a bigger deal than that, Chad? What is a bigger deal than that whole hole? E3? Oh, shit. It is legitimately what? Six weeks away? Six weeks away now.
0: Oh my God. I've already so we- requested off work. I'm going to sit on the couch, eat my Chinese food, take notes, watch these conferences.
1: This is going to be exciting. Oh! Uh, all
0: right, hold so, on. So,
1: do you want to jump into some of these predictions? I figured we'd go back and forth. We used to share one. So How this, many do you have?
0: I think that's a good idea. I have... I think I have five. Hold I on. Have I five have five as it. well. I have five, yes. So, this is going to be... these. We'll have, a like, a proper E3 predictions episode much closer to E3, like, end of May, beginning of June. This... As I understood it, it was, I don't know. We gave each other kind of like weird, vague rules. Uh, (laughs) And I just made up some predictions. Maybe they match yours on a scale that, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but these are like kind of more general, vague E3 predictions, and then we'll get more specific.
1: Yes. So we might say, like, Metroid Prime 4 will be announced at E3. That's like a specific rumor or a specific prediction. So think about like specific games.
0: So here is uh, my first one. Mm -hmm. And this one, it sounds silly and, like, no duh, but also, duh, at least five games. We will see five games that will introduce a new Battle Royale mode.
1: I have something very similar, so I'll share that one of mine, which is that Battle Royale will be one of the new buzzwords and will dominate multiplayer games. Yep,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. Like, you will hear, like, Battle Royale will be the new, it's an open world game. It's going to be like that.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. This This is the new way to play multiplayer Mm-hmm. We talked about this last week, like, you know, there's Team Deathmatch that everyone eventually adopted, and then there was Capture the Flag, and everyone's like, oh man, that's a new thing, and now it's in every multiplayer game. King of the Hill, like, this will now be a staple of every multiplayer game going forward, and I think we're yeah. going to start to see the, the, some pretty big ones kick off here. Uh, big properties that we'll yeah.
1: see. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I just shared one, one so you, No, I just technically shared one. I had oh, a very prediction okay.
0: View. So here's another one. This one might get a little too specific, but here we go.
1: I have a pretty specific one too. Yeah, super okay. specific, so I think it's fair it's fine.
0: All right. We're going to see no new AAA titles from Microsoft first party.
1: Yeah, I have we have raised similar rumors or uh, <laughs> predictions so far. I have Xbox will continue to boast about backwards compatibility since they won't have much to talk about otherwise. <laughs> yep. Yep. I uh, think it's new just a bit. It's to be fair, I think it's actually not a bad move for them. I think having the presence at E3, talk about why their console is so great, save that shit for the next console.
0: Yes, that's exactly what they need. And in the meantime, they can be like, "But listen, we got this over here, and it's an Xbox timed exclusive, first look, world, world premiere, premiere. <laughs> also on PC, coming to PS4 at undisclosed date, Switch maybe." <laughs> we'll see a lot of those, and they're gonna yeah. tout those like crazy. Be like, "Look at all these partners we've got," but I don't think we'll actually see anything first party new.
1: I feel bad for for Phil Spencer. Oh my Siri on my HomePod just that woke up. freaked me out. <laughs> oh my god, that freaked me out. Um, so yeah, I feel bad for Phil Spencer because I like we talked last week. I think he's an oh last week two days ago. He's an <laughs> he's an awesome. He seems like a really awesome guy. He's one of the most. He seems like the one of the most genuine VPs or executives that are up there.
0: Jeez, he's I'm not a VP
1: i do i want to marry phil spencer but he's got to go up there and just have this really terrible e3 conference for the past few years <laughs> i feel really bad for him all right Chad, give me another rumor that's probably Ooh, R- here's another one are one, you ready that's similar to mine let's see if it's another no
0: duh but ea will not learn their lesson and they're going to have another athlete focused segment whether it's an interview with them <laughs> or a pele highlight scissor reel that they go on for 100 years they're going to have an athlete segment <laughs>
1: That is hysterical. You're absolutely right. That'll absolutely happen. They'll do something stupid like, and here's a racing game. Here's the car that's going to be featured in the racing game.
0: <laughs> now, t- um, in their defense, the car last year was on Microsoft stage.
1: That is true. That is true. Because Microsoft has nothing to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So I have something that is technically is EA related, but it's not really EA related at all. But you'll see why I'm saying that when I say this this uh, speculation here.
0: Oh, the suspense is killing me.
1: Another buzzword at E3 will be, and there are no microtransactions. Oh yeah, EA is going to say that a lot. Oh, I don't even just EA, but I think a lot of companies are going to say that a lot. But yeah, EA will say that. Like we're announcing a new. They're going to
0: say we're going to have fucking whatever game is next and there's gonna be no microtransactions but all dlc will be paid for yeah they're gonna completely flip-flop again yep absolutely because i was messaging with battlefield battlefront 2 all dlc will be free but also it's microtransactions
1: <laughs> <laughs> they'll still do like battlefield 5 with microtransactions and paid dlc <laughs> Yep, yeah. we'll do that so, though
0: here's the next thing um, we know almost nothing about much of what Bethesda Studios or Bethesda, the publisher, has under their. We um, have umbrella. the
1: same predictions. This is crazy. I think they are going to win E three. I literally have as mind. Is Bethesda will have their biggest E three in a, in the past few years? Yeah, but basically since Fallout four was announced. But, I think we are in total agreement on that one. Yep. Win Even last three. year, they had a
0: really great one last year because it was so many specific things. A lot of them surprises still, but yeah. it was still old games that they were releasing. But, like, everything's coming out the, by the end of this year.
1: Yeah, I do think we disagree on them winning E3. And it's only I think, because of the next one I'm going to talk about. Which I don't disagree with you that I think they should win E3. Here we go.
0: As, as person, you were the person who's like, no surprises? That sucked. Bethesda's literally going to be all surprises. Yeah, they'll be all surprises. But <laughs> so I, that has to be the best.
1: That doesn't mean it's the best one. Yes, it does, I'm, by I'm your not, rules. I'm I'm I've decided saying, for you. When I, when I say win E3, I'm not talking about me personally. What I'm saying is is that when like IGN and GameSpot and all these companies get up there and say, who won E3, they might not say Bethesda. They might say the next company I'm going to mention. But I think you have to share your last prediction first. Okay.
0: My last prediction is we'll have a relaunch of Cyberpunk 2077, and it's going to be the game of the show. Okay. People are finally going to see that game. I it agree. won't be coming for a while.
1: I was saving that for my next round of predictions, but I agree with you. I know. I just – I didn't quite understand the rules. <laughs> That's very specific. That's, like, about a specific game. But it's okay. This is uh, the Irreverent People podcast.
0: Um, Irreverent People podcast where we talk about sinners.
1: <laughs> Nintendo will dedicate an entire day or more of Treehouse to Smash for Switch. Treehouse oh, is like – hell yeah. Treehouse is their um, like post E three show where they just spend all day talking about something, right. or or actually, like, like a few legit E three because
0: most press conferences actually happen before E three starts. Yeah, and then Treehouse goes on during E
1: three. They they announce things during E three, so I think they might have. Yeah. I'm going to oh, get specific for a second. They will show off a trailer for Smash during their direct but they're gonna be like announcing characters and like new stages and kind of like mechanics of this new game during a treehouse
0: they have nintendo world championships are happening during mm-hmm. e3 and there is a smash component to that as well there right? is but it's not an yes. old smash it's not the new one obviously
1: no i think it's the new one why would they'll have the enough one? of
0: it built and made ready to go polished since and it's coming balanced? out in
1: 2018 yeah probably
0: you think enough of it's gonna be polished and ready to go the rumors it's e3? coming out
1: in september it's only a oh few months Oh, God, Well, if it's ready to go by E three, why aren't they releasing it at E three? <laughs> because many games are playable at E three that aren't coming out like that month. But that's not just
0: playable. That's like pick a character from the whole roster and well, battle might have it a whole out. Like they might have game. like
1: the original twelve Smash characters, and you pick Holden, one of those. Let me win this. We don't argue on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sign that I just won that little debate there.
0: No, Bethesda won. <laughs>
1: We had extremely similar predictions. To be we clear, did. we did We did not consult you, it ahead of time of this at all. List? I did. I hacked your iCloud account.
0: Oh, my God. That's not a thing.
1: <laughs> You're right. Ask Jennifer Lawrence. It's not a thing.
0: Ask Jennifer Lawrence. She gave her password to somebody, so that's her <laughs> own fucking fault. Nobody hacked it.
1: <laughs> so uh, what's next week's topic, Chad? We don't have next one yet because it's too topic. far away.
0: Yeah, it's far away however you can already get a head start by playing Super Mario RPG yes don't fuck up your save file on your SNES classic
1: that's for me not for you guys um, I fuck things up
0: and just enjoy it and then you're gonna see I don't I mean I don't want to spoil it for you but Gino's the best character in the world and I'm so fucking excited to, don't to play don't spoil
1: again. things for me Ponin,
0: shut up
1: is Mario in it wait no don't don't tell me no it's Super uh, Mario oh yeah. i see what you did there
0: oh man thanks for joining us this week that actually wasn't as short of an episode as i thought it was gonna be but that's no, okay we had
1: some good stuff to talk about
0: we will see you guys on our regularly scheduled time next tuesday with all the updates of everything that's happened in between and your mom's butt
1: damn
0: have a good Buh-bye. week you guys